Thanks for joining me on Abide of Dental Marketing. <laughs> Today we have Jessica. Not only does Jessica run our company's finances as our CFO, she also runs my personal finances as well as most of my clients. So we definitely trust her with our money. Jessica, thanks for jumping on with me today. Thanks for having me today. You bet. What? So let's jump in. What are you seeing in the market today as we exited COVID, had a record 2022, most of our offices? What are you seeing so far in 2023? So it's interesting. You know, we work with a lot of dental practices as like their CFO. So we're looking at their numbers every month and we're talking to them about what makes their numbers good, what makes their numbers bad, you know, what's working, what's not working. And for whatever reason, and I don't know that many of us can explain it, they are having record years. So they're having the best marches of all time, followed, you know, immediately off of the best February of all time, immediately off of the best January. So everything seems to be um, just going really well with these practices financially. Like they have a lot of patients are coming in the door. It's the right patients that are coming in the door. They're collecting well, they're producing well, their schedules are productive and full. So it seems like a lot of our clients are starting off 2023 on the right foot. Yeah, we're seeing the same thing. I think most of our portfolio is doing really healthy. Would agree. I, I, we're seeing a healthy trend. Um, I think overall the 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 market seems really solid. So I'm I'm glad that your portfolio is uh, doing well as ours. What do you think? How do you think staffing is going? Like, what do you are you well, seeing? I still think that's the biggest challenge right now. Mm -hmm. Like it's still, I don't know that we have a practice that isn't sure a hygienist or a dental assistant. Hygiene, hygiene has to be the biggest barrier. Yeah. For us. And, and we have some that they just can't hire anyone. And I'll say, listen, your hygiene is so backed up. You really need to get another hygienist in here. And they usually just laugh at me. So, you know, after that, then we talk about something else because they just cannot seem to find the right fit. Um, and I know, you know, you hear about how much money these hygienists want to be make, want to be making and how much these dental assistants want to be making and how can we afford to pay them all of this. And I will say that our clients are paying more in team salaries than ever before. So, you know, we have to plan for that and plan around it. And we can't let that necessarily like mess up their profitability. So it makes us look at even more closely than ever before how they're producing. How are they mm -hmm. producing? How productive are their schedules? Are they getting the right kind of patients in the door? Um, are the cancellations still high? Is everything, everything has to be a well-oiled machine if you're going to be paying your team more than what you've had to pay them before. But it can still work. You know, we have a lot of practices that'll, and a lot of folks that'll say, there's just no way that I could be profitable having to pay these team members as much. And you can, you can, and you just have to be really intentional about how, you know, you design your practice and what kind of revenue you bring in and, and the patients that you're seeing and how busy you are. Now, are you seeing, what's the average number change that you think you're seeing as a percentage of their collections in? in Probably increase? just one to 2%, but here's what's yeah. interesting. I just met with someone last week that last year, his payroll as a percentage of income was 29%. And it's usually about 25% for him. Mm. So 29% is higher than where we'd yeah. like it to be. We like it 22 to 25, but honestly, our average portfolio is more like 29 right now. 
But for him, he used to be in the 25% range, and last year he was 29%. But year-to-date this year, he's 25% of payroll. So he's mm-hmm. come down. But it's not because he he all of a sudden decided to pay people less, right? He doesn't have fewer employees. It's because he's doing so well with revenue. He's producing and he's yeah. collecting. So that has allowed for him to kind of grow into the team costs and for the existing cost structure that the salaries are, right, to be something that makes sense in terms of profitability. Yeah, I think it's oversimplistic to start cutting costs when you when those uh, um, percentages get out of whack. But growing your revenue is just as effective as cutting your costs. In fact, I would say sometimes it's easier. It is um, more. So the first time yeah. that we talk with a client, we'll say, I know as someone who's building a budget for you. So we're going to build a budget. And I know like you hate that word and it feels like diet. I'm going to put you on a diet. I'm going to put you on a budget. Like it's the worst, but we don't, and you know this, we don't come in and say, you need to stop spending this. You need to not do that. No more lunches for your team. No, we don't say that. We instead say your hygiene schedule is very busy. Or we say your associate doctor is producing $300 an hour. Like we really identify the opportunities in revenue. How can we bring in more income so that when you're buying lunch for your team or so that when your rent is high or you're paying staff salaries that are higher than ever before, you're still at the profitability you need to be. So we tell all of our clients, start first with diving into how you're earning your money. What are all the providers producing per hour? Start there. That's where you're going to get the biggest bang for your buck by improving that. Yeah. One of the things you do for us that I find very helpful, I think as a practice, a dentist becomes, can, can become so myopic about what may be happening with other practices or what the benchmarks are or how they should be performing. And I think I'm on record saying the most valuable thing I think you give to us, the the guidance around where we are and what we should be doing and, and, and how we're doing against, you know, potentially other clients that you may have. So we can kind of benchmark how to best manage our business. I, I find that very helpful for us. Yeah. And, you know, we've started yeah. internally, actually, a whole benchmarking um, project. And that's how mm-hmm. I know that on average, all of our clients pay 29% when we kind of combine them and look at everybody together. Nice. So what we're going through right now is kind of really comparing like, what are you, you know, dentist A, paying for for this compared to our other clients? And it's kind of interesting mm-hmm. to see, but we do want to remind everybody that every practice is different. Sure. You're all your own special snowflake. So what we like to do instead, we do that, but what we like to do in addition is compare what would your practice be against your best practice, right? Mm. And, and we do that. Let's build out if everybody were producing how you think they should be producing. You know, if everyone were diagnosing the dentistry that our patients were coming to us to do, and if we could get the patients to accept the treatment that they need and want, and then if we could collect what we produce, if all those things were working well, then what would our cost be? Then what would our profitability be? That's the goal. That's what Mm. we want to compare. Nice. So every month we're going to say, ooh, you missed it a little bit because you had your associate took a few days off. And that matters. You know, that mm. matters. They weren't there to work. And so you're, you are a little bit below your, your goal there. Or yeah. for March, it's been amazing. We're like, we don't know how you crushed this goal, but you crushed this goal. So then we ask them, how'd you crush this goal? And mm. I'll say, well, you know, we, we finally used that scheduling template. Like we finally really outlined our ideal day and made sure that every day we were, we were planning our day to take care of the most patients that we could in the best way. Mm. And it turns out when you do that every day, then you meet the goal. Yeah, it's definitely about consistency, uh, not about the meeting. It's about the the action items and the follow through and the consistency. We talked a little bit about 
staffing, do you think that's the biggest challenge that dentists are facing today? And what do you like to see in a practice after they get through their challenges? So I would say there's two challenges right now that are the biggest. One is, you know, how am I going to find enough people to, to, to take care of my, my practice and take care of my patients? How am I going to be fully staffed up? How am I going to find them? Right. And then number mm-hmm. two, how am I going to pay them? So it's both of those things kind of together. Some have solved for that, right? They've managed to post enough ads, interview enough people to where I'll get on a call. And one of my first questions these days is, how are you doing on staffing? Are you fully staffed up? Do you have everybody you need? And more and more they're saying, yes, we're finally there. So that's the first challenge. And I think working through that, you know, you just have to be creative and what's it's a tough Why one. should someone want to work for you versus someone yeah. else, right? You got to just differentiate yeah. yourself. And then I, you know, what's been interesting too, is especially when we look at hygienists or even dental assistants, as I'll say, listen, I know they're asking for more money than I've ever asked for before, but let's look at how much more money you could bring in with them. You know, and we kind of sure. look at it like that. And then I say, so if they're asking for this amount per hour, that's actually okay. I don't want you to freak out by that, that you can pay that. That is fine. So then they can go into their interviews, not freaked out about the number, but pretty secure and confident mm. in the number. Mm-hmm. And then focus more on, is this the right fit for our practice? But I would say like the second challenge beyond staffing, you know, once we got everybody staffed up, it's just the declining reimbursements on insurance plans. And it's a, you guys have it's crazy. That. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think, I do not believe we have an office today that is not getting out of insurance or dropping insurance in some form aggressively. I, I, I don't think we have one that's well, not. Well, it makes sense for something. you guys too, because if they're mm-hmm. marketing, right, and they're being smart with their marketing dollars, they're bringing in patients outside of the PPO list. So you're sort of putting them in a position to where they can drop some of those plans or drop all those plans because now mm-hmm. they're growing their practice in a, in a way outside of insurance. So that's the, the best place for, for your clients to be. Oh, my favorite is, is clients dropping insurance because um, they never. The, I think that the fear of I'm going to lose all my patients and, you know, be destitute and homeless is such a, such fear mongering. Certainly they lose some patients, but I mean, we are seeing them lose very, very few and they tend to be people who weren't accepting treatment anyway. Um, they, they tend to be people who are just coming in for cleaning and, and, you know, watching the teeth and, and, and letting them get to such a critical problem that then they accept a treatment. Like, we are not seeing the good and bread and butters patients leave a practice over insurance. Now we are also saying, you know, we need to roll out a supplemental plan with it, an in-house plan, but, but we've had very good success at keeping, you know, patients. And yeah. We've talked to a few and I'll say, okay, how's it going? You've dropped this, you've dropped that, you've dropped that. And they're like, it's totally fine. Like who would have thought it's totally fine. Would you go back? Do you want to add it? Like, no, why didn't I do it sooner? You know, we have some practices that are intentionally staying in plans and it's because they really have an expansion plan in place. So they're Mm -hmm. expanding their building. They're trying to grow more locations. They're really trying to grow their practice significantly and they have the providers to do it so they can make it work. Like I have one that's in network with every plan. Um, I believe every plan, it might just be Delta, but in network with the big ones, right? And he's still able to manage his profitability because his 
producers, his providers, his dentists and his hygienists do so well. They're great mm -hmm. at diagnosing. They're great at, at having patients accept treatment. They're great. Their systems are great. Everything's just working out so well. So we have seen it work. You just have to have a practice design for it and, you know, prepare for it and know what you're getting into. So I think, you know, everybody's practice is going to be different and everyone's vision is going to be different and where everyone wants to take their business over the next 10 years is going to be different. So you really just have to be clear about where it is you're headed, what it is you want, how you're going to do the things to get to where you want and then map it out, you know, just be clear and be intentional about it and don't let all the external forces drive your business. Like you drive your business. Yeah. I find peer pressure amongst dentists to be an incredibly big event of, of, you know, where they want to go and how, how they want to open and what they want to do. And it is interesting that if you can determine what you want as a human being, I think that cascades down to your business. And, and I, oh, I just read an article about that today. Like what's your personal vision? Okay. Is your business's vision aligned to that? So, you know, we have another office where she's taking a, I want to say three to four weeks sabbatical every year, multiple times a year in some cases. And it is her, her desire and her vision to have the practice succeed without her there. And it has, but she's just been very intentional about setting up the team, setting up leadership so that she cannot be there and it still runs fine without her. Right. So it, I envy you. Just, you, you just have to be very clear <laughs> yeah. with your, um, your personal vision and your business vision. And we start every new client engagement like that. What's your vision? Where do you want this practice to be in five years? Where do you want it to be in 10 years? And about 80% of the time in 10 years, they want to be on a beach somewhere. So we have to build back like, okay, how do we get to that beach? You know, what do you need to do three mm -hmm. years before you're on the beach? Okay. Five years before you're on the beach. Okay. What do you need to do tomorrow so that you can be on that beach in 10 years? You really just got to start today, right? Now, Jessica, what's your 10 year vision for your business and your life? Well, I would say like my vision, I talk to you about this a lot. You know, we really want to have a place where we're helping or giving our clients more peace, you know, we're giving them confidence in their mm -hmm. numbers, more peace that they can not be stressed out all the time that they can go to work and hopefully enjoy work. And again, like if their personal vision is that they want to take a sabbatical every year, that they can build a practice to support that and not worry about the finances when they're gone. And we are the same in our practice. Like I was telling you earlier, we had um, some of our team members in Italy, two in Italy at the same time, and then an analyst in Thailand, and then mm -hmm. another analyst climbing mountains somewhere. So it's like so great that we've built a business where people can take time off yeah. and pursue their passions and not come back and like be pulling their hair out for work. So that's the vision that I have for the team and I have for me, but we also have for our clients if that's what they want. Like we're here to support you and make your life less stressful and your life easier and give yep. you the confidence so that you can do what you want to do. But turns out we're going to do that too for us. I think I want the same. I, I feel most rewarded when I have clients that legitimately enjoy, I, I, I find personally satisfied when I am working with clients that I personally enjoy. I feel yeah, very exactly. dissatisfied making money and working with clients that I don't enjoy. I would rather work with clients I enjoy and do pretty well than work with clients I don't enjoy and do very well. I, we, I have, we talk about that so much. Mm -hmm. So I would say all of our clients at this point, we're, I mean, we would hang out with, are you in town before hanging out or, Hey, I'm going there. We're going to hang out. And it is yeah. the best. Cause you feel like you get to do business every day with people that you could consider your friends. Like who has that? 
No, I, I feel so wonderful with my life and the company and even the people I work with. I, yes, I, I invent reasons to go see my clients sometimes. Yeah. Nice. Now, what are you seeing? If you looked at your most profitable practices, what do you think they have in common against, you know, someone who, who brand new and maybe not as profitable? What are you seeing across your most profitable practices? Well, I would say like consistently for the ones that are doing well, um, they have certainly two things, at least one, they have good leadership. So you have a strong owner or a strong office manager or a strong combination of the both that, again, is very clear in how they want their practice to run. They're very clear with who does what and how within the practice, right? You have very clear delineation of duties, of standards, and they know how everything should be done. And everyone in the office, all the team members are working to that level. So, you know, everyone is holding each other very accountable. The team jives together. I would say... So in this case, I would say strong leadership. But if you were to ask those people, if I were to say, hey, doc, your practice is just so great. What do you attribute that to? They would never say, oh, it's obviously my leadership. I'm they such an say, amazing leader. Yeah, yeah no, they, every time they would say, I have a really good team. I have a really good team, yeah. So their leadership, right, and their um, clarity and how they're going to run their business and how they're going to hold their team accountable and what everyone is responsible for and measuring what matters and all those things has resulted in a really good team. So it's kind of now, this thing that's feeding. No, and then when you when you say that, the word that comes to mind is culture, right? Like they've created, yeah, man, yeah, that's this, a good point. This, they've hired well, they've nurtured them well, they've they've provided clear direction, and and the team has sort of rallied around the expectations. Right? Is that is that? I think that's in a way which such a great way of putting it. Yeah. Mm. So we don't have you know team members that are. There's always going to be drama. And some some days there's always going to be drama, right? But for the most part, they support each other. They are all aligned to that common vision and that common goal. So that sets apart a lot of our practices when you have that really good leadership and culture. And then number two in this, I hate to just be so numbers about it, but that's how how I look at it. it. It truly comes down to the math. So our offices where the dentists are the most productive per hour obviously are going to be the the highest profitability they just are it's just math right and and Mm -hmm. sometimes when we're looking at costs and someone's saying again i talked about this our costs are just too high you know jessica we're in california we have to pay these people so much and our rent is so high like we're just not going to be as profitable we'll build them a model and say but look if you could produce x amount per hour now look at what the profitability is like it gets you there this, this space that you have, this team that you have, all of this requires that you do X amount in production and collections every month. Like this is just what it takes to run this office. So we back into that, right? What does it take per hour to run this office and generate the profitability that is required of a dental office? And I say required because you need to be paid as the dentist, but then also you own a business that should generate a certain rate of return, you know, just like any other business. So you know, how can we back into that and determine what does it take in order to drive the profitability of the practice? And, you know, I've had folks like share that with their team, you know, like, hey, it takes 150000 in collections for us to run this office. It just is. And it's not that, that we're just here for the money and do whatever it takes to generate that amount of profitability. When we're producing more per hour, it means we're taking care of our patients 
in the most efficient way we can, right? So <laughs> we're getting them in the door. We're diagnosing the treatment. We're getting them to say yes. So we're getting them to th accept the treatment. And, and maybe we're putting together financial arrangements so they can pay for it or helping them finance it or whatever it might be. And then we're collecting on it. So we're doing what we're here to do efficiently and well, and that's bringing in the amount of revenue required to make the practice profitable. So it really comes down to really measuring and understanding each of the providers, meaning all the doctors and all the hygienists revenue per hour. Now, you mentioned a couple of things around scheduling and, and payment and the operations. If you had an office that wanted to improve their production per hour, what walk me through sort of the chain of events of how they would start. Like, would they start with scheduling and, and sort of start solving problems? Like, like walk me through how you would improve your production per hour. Well, and really, you know, first we diagnose it. So we're going to mm -hmm. say, Hey, your production per hour for this particular associate or for you or for whatever it is, is 400 an hour. Look at what it looks like at 750 an hour. At 750 an hour, your practice is running optimally. You're profitable. You know, everything's working much better at 750 an hour. So how can we get you to from 400 to 750? And sometimes they know, right? They're like, well, you know, we just haven't been scheduling according to our template. We're going to start mm -hmm. doing that. Okay. So go ahead and schedule according to your template. Like outline what's your ideal day. Does it get you to 750 an hour? Do that. Um, and then sometimes they'll say, well, I'm down an assistant. I'm only working with one assistant right now, and that's why. Okay, I'm going to go get you another assistant, and let's see, let's see if that does it. So a lot of times they know, but to be fair, we're not clinical coaches. Like, we don't go in and say, well, you didn't diagnose this. You know, clearly you missed this, and what happened over here? But what we do do if we find a gap there is we'll bring in some support. So we'll bring in, you know, you've worked with Susan Lekowitz or someone like that who can really come in and, and help them. And they do it oftentimes by training the team, just getting the doctor the support so that they can grow their practice and get it to the hourly goal that makes sense for them. But you don't know how to get there if you don't know where you are now. And where have you been? Is it, if you're telling me that the reason you're not there is because you only have one dental assistant, what, where were you when you had two, right? Were you there right. or are you not? Like, let's, let's right. go back and look at the data and see what's possible for you and what makes sense. But we, we do really like to work with, with folks who can truly go into the office and say, okay, I'm gonna get this revenue per hour to this point. And then it's so amazing to have our meetings and say, look, you know, your goal was here. You did it exactly right. Like March was the perfect month for you. You did it. And then we say, how'd that feel? And they don't say, oh man, it was terrible. I was so tired. They mm -hmm. never say that. They no, say, it's so rewarding. Yeah. I totally did it. It was fine. I wasn't even tired. You know. Well, Jessica, thanks so much for joining me on Abide Dental Marketing and I'll let you get back to your day. Okay, you too. Good to chat with you.